When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you, yes, you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. Herb, the A stands for sweep that ass. <laughs> uh, the A in ass. Uh, welcome in. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader uh, being produced today by Stephen Nicholas and will be joined later by... Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Couldn't think of the team. But they won today. Hey, and guess what, Herb? They won on Friday. They won on Saturday. And again, I just said, they won on Sunday. That's three in a row. Colloquially, colloquially, that word doesn't roll off the tongue. That's called, in baseball terms, a sweep. Indeed. Six to two over the Tigers. How do you feel? I'm feeling good. I mean, this game last yesterday's game sucked. They won. Today's game sucked for the most part until the end of the game. But as beggars, we cannot be choosers, and especially the White Sox now 26 and 35 going into the boogie down on Tuesday. I feel much better than last weekend where they got beat three out of four by these same Motor City Kitties. But uh, yeah, there's a, still a lot to be improved upon. But hey, while you're playing shitty. How about you win some games? It feels good. This is the last time they're going to be playing versus AL Central teams for a while now. But while they're bad, I see people like, oh, it's just 500 teams. Like, Tom, it's like, you have to beat them. They're on the schedule. You have to beat them. And why not? They've been losing to 500 teams. So how about you beat a couple of 500 teams? That's how I feel. I feel great about the victory. But the team, yes, still needs some improvement. They can work on the improvement while getting dubs, though. Yeah, I think I did the math earlier. Uh, you combine last year um, and this year, their run differential uh, is now negative seventy-eight. So, like, yeah, they're not—they're not a good baseball team. We we understand that, but it's—it's it's good to see some wins happen. Mm-hmm. And hey, Michael Kopech went seven innings and looked damn good. Damn and straight. I was worried that hey, the Detroit Tigers. I understand that they're Detroit Tigers. They're still above us in the standings. Um, didn't do well last time they saw him. We could just say that all the way till last year because I think he went, uh, the Tigers went 0 for 30 until an Akil Badu bunt single and then mm-hmm. a Spencer Torkelson home run ruined that party rather quickly. Yeah. Um, but he looked really, really good and he was really, really efficient today. So very, very good signs this series. 
Not great signs, though. Jake Berger's home run, although it came in the last at-bat, was their only home run this series. <laughs> Better late than never. But also, it was really cool when he hit the home run and all the fireworks went off. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I'm not going to lie, Herb. Yeah, I mean. Vinny clicked him to pick, and Vinny wins click to pick on the last at-bat. That's that's how it works, and it's why it's a segment sucks it's a, too it's because astute, it's, we don't have to have a conversation. No, it's a astute <laughs> observation by Jake Berger, knowing that the guy before him, the two guys before him, walked, and Alex Lang didn't have his usual stuff where he was making Aloy and uh, Robert look like they never swung a bat on Saturday. He saw that this guy doesn't have his stuff, so he can't throw that curveball that is devastating so I'm gonna look for a pitch in the zone and drive it wherever I need to he threw that curveball a little higher and he crushed it and you see I got I got uh, Steven uh, Nicholas approves of the hustle out of the box by Jake Berger didn't need to because that ball off the bat even if it wasn't a home run would have did the job but you know Jake Berger out here hustling like a like his life depended on it and Steve was like oh man that hustle on that grand slam never that did was enough the, of it. that was perfect Old man Steven, 30-year-old Steven over here hustle, uh, talking about hustle. But, yeah, the series 3-0 to win it is fantastic. But there are things about this team that won't play in New York. Yes. That won't play other places. <laughs> so they need to, you know, take this momentum, enjoy themselves tonight, have a good party, enjoy the off day, fly to New York and find those things that, you know, Better hitting, better situational hitting, because the New York Yankees don't play that. They will bludgeon that pitching staff if they leave balls over the plate. But as to you, what you were saying, Michael Kopech, the thing that I love the most, as always when a Michael Kopech start where it's good, the lack of walks. He was on top of his game. And maybe sometimes you just see a team and you know that they can't fuck with you. He sees his Detroit Tigers, and he can't fuck with them. It's smart idea by Akil Badu to bunt to break up the rhythm, break up everything, steals, and then immediately a home run by Spencer Torkelson. But that was it. That's it. That's pretty dominant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, there's nothing to say wrong about Michael's day. And, I mean, some people, I, even Steven said that the 0-2 pitch to Torkelson was a mistake. You know, I mean, I've seen worse mistakes. I, I, Have you I ever seen Lance Lynn throw a fastball to Shohei Otani? I don't think that, that was I mean, a mistake those at things, all. It was... I, the reason I, I mean, said it was it a mistake, was, he missed his spot. It wasn't a mistake as far as location's concerned, but it wasn't where he wanted it either. It wasn't a meatball. No. You no, know, it was a pretty well-located lower inner slider curveball that Torkelson put bat on ball, you see barreled that, it up and gone. You see why that guy goes top five? Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely couldn't do that. I mean, he just kept his body extremely tight, just recognized it wasn't a fastball, and just... Hit the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean that Christ. was that's a that's a highlight real home run. I'm not I'm not super upset with Michael on that because again he went seven innings and ninety two pitches, like he. That's could, what I'm talking more. about. I yeah. mean, like hell yeah, Michael. And a regular that's start. A, that's amazing. That's four innings for him. He's right. he's getting twenty five in the first inning because he's trying so hard to strike everybody out and trying to find his release point and his location. But this one is efficiency. It was just so crisp. That was perfectly done by Michael Kopech. I think it could have it came out maybe for the eighth, but the White Sox bullpen did the job. Of course, our guy Liam Hendricks with that ninth inning of nothingness. Well, Albert brings up a point that I will say is on Kopech. You can also throw it on Grandal as well. But three stolen bases today for the Tiger. Uh, Baez had two, and he stole one 
Uh, he stole second base, and then he said, "Oh, that was easy. I'll steal third base as well." Um, and then Akil Badu after was that after he bunted? That was after he bunted. Okay, um, and then didn't really matter because Torkelson again hit the shit out of the ball. Yeah. Um, but Badu stole second uh, pretty easily, and it was funny because Steve Stone um, was like, "And Akil Badu will be running, and he's off, gone, and First he pitch. stole second. <laughs> um, that's a good combination to run against. Michael Kopech not fast to the plate, and Yasmani Grandal. And I even uh, mentioned to you, it was like. He doesn't stand up to throw the ball at all. He just is on his knees and throwing a ball not very fast to second base. And Akil Badu had that base stolen easily, very easily. And you brought up a point why he doesn't stand up. But I was like, ugh, if you can't throw him guy out at all, like, what do you do here? What do you do here, Yasmani? Because he has a hit for power. <laughs> he can't catch. And he can't throw anybody out. I don't know what he does this year. His, his power hasn't come around. His hitting's been fine. But I would rather hit him hit 218 and have a 385 on base than what he's doing this year. Well, when he was signed, he was a positive framer. Mm -hmm. And I think that got conflated with a good defensive catcher. Exactly. Um, And, you know, he's a fine framer. But overall, poor defensively. And you're right. When he's not hitting for power and when he's not walking, I haven't seen a lot of Jordan Lozowski to bash Jordan. Um, This is Yasmani not walking. I mean, Jordan can only post the gift when – Yes, money walks, but uh, haven't seen a ton of Billy Bean like, and that's why we love him. Yeah, we love him when he walks. Not seeing a lot of that. I don't think we should be liking uh, Yes, money Grandall, and he leaves the game after a ground out. So again, I'm not sure how his back is feeling. I'm not sure how healthy he is, and I get that he's playing through it. He's. I'm not trying to bash the person because mm-hmm. I think he's doing what he wants to do, and we know that he is a very intense person. But at some point, I think the White Sox have to step in and say, "Hey, buddy." Carlos Perez is going to help us out a little bit more right now. Uh, you need to get healthier. You need 15 days on the IL. Um, and, again, just when they're getting healthy, just when Aloy is back and playing six of seven games in right field, um, you know, Yon, uh, Robertson center, uh, Tim, Tim's at shortstop, uh, Yohan's at third, not today, but came in later in the game uh, on a normal off day. Mm-hmm. You know, Benny's in left, and they have Grandall at catcher. Like, this is the time when they should be – winning games and of course like all these guys or most of these guys are healthy they sweep that's great that that's a pretty good sign but again like how healthy is Grandal, and how quickly will all of this like a house of cards just fall apart let's before we get into the seriousness and you know the white Sox gloom and doom uh make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button we're at brent lillibridge thrillibridge keep it alive um who else is 18 daniel palka yeah Anyone else? You okay? I'm done. Okay. I'm, I've You're hit my good on of White Sox 18s. Um, <laughs> uh, let's go to the ninth inning. Terry Bevington, maybe the manager. Manager? Okay. Yeah. I'll check you. I'll check that out for you. Uh, let's go to the weird ninth inning because yeah. I don't know what our manager was going to do defensively if there was a tenth inning. So uh, Clint Frazier was supposed to lead off the ninth inning. Andrew Benatendi, who had the off day because Matthew Boyd was on the bump, even though he had decent career numbers against Boyd, as uh, Stephen pointed out before the game, uh, he comes in to pinch hit against Lang. He drives one back up the middle for a single. He gets on first base. Then Romy Gonzalez, who was 0 for 3 on the day, gets pitch hit for Gavin Sheets. Lefty versus righty. Makes sense. Gavin hasn't played a ton of second base, though, and we already know Zavala uh, has come in, so the White Sox bench is a little bit thinner than before. Um, So Sheets comes up, and he strikes out. Then Alvis Andres comes up, and I think he's making one of, if not a, a very few, Career appearances at third base today? Yes. Yohan Mankata pinch hits for him. Hits from the left side against uh, Lang. He draws a walk. Then Tim's up, comes up. He draws a walk. Berger cleans up the mess. Drives everyone home. Drive home safely. 
But <laughs> what? I'm I'm wait, waiting for oh, what you're going to okay. say. <laughs> so we know if Berger, whatever, maybe he grounds into a double play. Wah, 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 wah. Alex Lane does his job again against the White Sox. Uh, there's a 10th inning. Tim's obviously staying shortstop. Correct. We don't think Jake Berger would get subbed for at DH, but we'll get to it. Can't. Luis Roberts stays in center field. There's no one else available. <laughs> <laughs> Luis Roberts stays in center field. Yeah. Aloy would stay in right field. Correct. Vaughn would stay at first. Zavala would have to catch because who else would catch? Benny would just stay in left field as he pinch hit for Frazier, who started in left field. Um, Gavin Sheets would make his debut at second base. Andrew Vaughn would slide over. Uh, Yohan Moncada obviously would stay at third base. Um, but then, do they then just put Jake Berger at second base? And then do we see Jake Berger at second base and Aloy Jimenez in right field and the pitcher hits ninth then you know whenever that that yeah. or the, then we see Liam Hendricks out on fucking second base again like I mean what that was there? that would be the thing you would have to choose do you put Jake Berger take the DH spot at second base or do you put Gavin Sheets at second base because those were the options so luckily Jake as you said Jake's like and eh. I want to play second, and I know Gavin's ass can't play second, <laughs> so let me just hit this ball really hard and far so we don't have to deal with that nonsense. But, A, Pedro was going for the win and the win only, and he was like, I'll worry about the 10th inning when the 10th inning shows up, and I'm going to go for the win currently. I told you this is kind of what I like about Pedro. There's a lot of things I don't like, but this is a thing where he gives veterans days off, but those veterans don't get the full day off. If there's a – the game's on the line – you saw Ozzy do it back in the day. You saw Tony do it in the day. You saw Ricky Renta, uh, Ricky Renteria do it back in the day. A veteran gets a day off. They're off, off. They're not getting pinch hit late in the game. Uh, you've seen Pedro do this multiple times this year where you're off, but, hey, it's time to bat now. And you saw in the ninth inning, Gavin got that at bat. Benny got the at bat. You get uh, other players. Yoan got the at bat. And so – yeah, I like him going for the win when the win's in front of you. They would have to deal with a terrible defense with a runner on second base for the Tigers in the 10th inning, but we don't have to deal with that because Jake Berger knows how to do his job. So what? It would have been fucked. Oh, it would have been really bad. I would have actually loved to see it, but you know we'll see it eventually later on this year because I know my man Pedro's going to do this again on a home game, and it's not going to happen. It's not going to be a Jake Berger walk-off hit, and we're going to have to see Gavin at second base. Or get Jake at second base. But luckily, Jake knows how to hit. Yes, hit the hell out of it. Uh, Schwo with the super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, no, again, we're not getting the pig. Uh, I know you did not mention the pig in the super chat. I just want to mention that, again, in case you were getting your hopes up, uh, to don't. I will, shave my, I will shave my facial hair off, though. It, they have to be within three games for me to shave my facial hair off, though, right? Sure. Okay. And Sean said his eyebrows, too. Yeah, that's what we did. That's what we did. Pull the tape. Pull the tape. That's what we should Find the tape. I've got it. We said no pig, but shave your eyebrows off. You can go back. You can go back and find the tape. Uh, Real quick, just since we're on that topic, uh, now now I'm worried about my eyebrows. Uh, Can you find, I think it was Xavier, um, and he he said something about five and a half games back if you want to try to search it. Um, I do understand the point. Again, like, you're in this division. They're close. Um, They're five and a half games back right now. Um, I think Minnesota's still playing. No, they lost the Cleveland Guardians. Okay, they lost. Two and two. They split the series right, so, up there in Minnesota. Uh, Victor, sorry. I thought Xavier. Uh, Victor said five and a half games back of the division. Uh, they still have a chance. They do. However, 
playing the Yankees. They are. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, and again, like, if they do win the division, what does that get them? Like, I'm not trying to be – they should be going to make the playoffs. Like, that should be the goal of this. But, mm-hmm. like, we're going to see a three-game series against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. We know very much the history of the Twins versus the Yankees in the playoffs. They get their ass beat. Automatically swept. So, I just have a feeling if, you know, hey, maybe we play the Yankees or any AL East team, we're getting our ass beat. A- which, yeah. hey, a ticket and a ride is fun, which I'm not going to say no on. I will take that <laughs> as we sit on June 4th. A playoff series versus yes. the Yankees or the Blue Jays or the Red Sox or whoever, and an ass whooping that immediately follows. Hopefully. But also, I'll be pissed <laughs> that they're only going to the first round yet again. But, yeah. yes, on June 4th, I'll take the fuck out of that. But Schwo said oh, yeah. a big-time win for uh, chubby white guys with him, with Jake Berger, and uh, Jokic. I don't think Jake is actually chubby. I just think he's big. Like, he has a chubby face. Barrel-chested. Yeah, but he's not that big. And Jokic, you know, he's just not – he's just like – Flabby, not chubby. I mean, you he used to be really chubby. Do you know, you know, the barrel man for the Brewers? Yes, I do. His arms were kind of skinny. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was just more like the torso that was giving him the power. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's Jake. You know, I think it's just more a lot of core workout for Jake Berger, um, yeah. and it pays off. I mean, it's the hell out of it. The man's got got <laughs> premium speed. He's got and Sean's gonna bristle at that. He's got premium speed. Got premium bat. What's not to like about Jake Berger? His first and start his first start in this series, he gets the only home run for the White Sox. Go figure. And very charming. Uh, in his interview with Vinny Duber, just fantastic. Go check it out on our CHGO Sports uh, YouTube channel um, or check out the last podcast. Um, it's easier probably just to check out the one-on-one, though, on YouTube. Um, Jake mentioned, though, he's trying to make every pitch count. And he said in – that at-bat, his last at-bat after striking out three times that he was trying to just slow it down and not make the mistakes that he made in the previous at-bats. And I think that's something huge for this team, having a player who has gone through it mm-hmm. up and down, up and down, and have that ability to understand what is going to keep him here, hitting the hell out of the ball. And you go and look at 2023 barrel rates. I don't know why you would. You probably have a life. I don't. <laughs> um, I forget when I was looking or what – certain filter I was looking at. I think it was just for Ben Benintendi. Um, he's got six. Remember, somebody said it's his first he's got yesterday, six. Yeah. and you're like, no, that's actually six. He's got six. He's uh, tied for 66th out of 106 qualified outfielders. Here we go. Which is amazing. We're coming. Um, the man's good. <laughs> he can hit, but he can't hit for power, which is the problem for Ben Benintendi. He's been hitting lately, though. So he's going to the boogie down again. He spent a little time, a, a cup of coffee out there last year, and he hit a home run there last year. So maybe Benny can go to right field this year in his three games out of New York, maybe? As a producer. Yeah. Spent 20-plus years of your professional career. Um, professional is a very important word. We'll get to it in a second. Um, of your career being a producer. Yep. You want you want to get me started on that topic? No, no. Okay. I, no, I know you were. I know you're getting your injuries uh, roaring up. Checking out. Super chat by Ellie Stein. He's coming to Chicago tomorrow. Oh. Yes. I tell you what, Ellie, enjoy Chicago. Absolutely. It's a city beautiful. It's and the it's best city in the world. Very nice weather. Oh, man. It hasn't rained in weeks. So. Can't be beat. <laughs> right? We're experiencing a drought, but oh, well. Um, 
Hey, Schwell, uh, glad that you uh, went to Taylor Swift last night, and it was absolutely worth it with uh, code uh, CHGO on game time. Uh, $1,300 minus 20, and you enjoyed a, a fabulous concert. I'm not trying to bash Bargain. the actual, you know, it's just, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good thing. And That's also, crazy get our own Kevin Kadick went, I think, with his daughters to T-Swift. Um, White Sox Twitter guy James um, Fox went with his wife. Enjoyed some T Swift. If that's your bag, our guys at Game Time will have you in the stadium if at no time at all. But yeah, twenty dollars off. I use that if I had my first time. I'm looking to have my mom. Actually, I had my mom buy some Beyonce tickets on Game Time instead of getting some some stranger that she was going to meet up with cash. It's like, mom, what year is this? 2000, 2001? What the hell? Cash? What's, what's, what's going on with cash? So she went to Game Time, signed up, used Coach CHGO, got twenty dollars. Off of her $700 tickets total, which I still don't understand why Taylor Swift is $1,300. And, per ticket. And, the, and the, the goddess, the best singer of all time, the best entertainer of all time is only $700, but whatever. Um, but my mom got tickets on game time for Beyonce and her uh, big time tour. I know that Taylor does a three-hour tour or three-hour concert about her, all of her songs. None of them I can name. No, I can name the uh, the Shake It Off song. Okay, that's about it. Um, See, Schwab? it was it was thirteen hundred for just uh, to ticket get, one. Get in, man. Walk I in wish without fees. If Taylor Swift was literally singing on that porch right there, I would I would say get off the porch, man. I charge twenty. Get the hell out of here. Each for head. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad you guys enjoyed T Swift. We are going but to. But I'm not. I'm, she's not my. She's, I'm not in her target demo. Gonna go into the ad break because Herb kind of did that with the game time there. Shout out to J- game time, uh, not on the ad ad read list, but uh, you gave him one hell of a read. So uh. Stephen Mark, I want to let you know about Fubo TV. That's how we watch the White Sox today. They have 140 live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. I was watching on my TV at home, and then I was doing laundry, so I put it on my phone. Went down to the basement, continued to watch the, watch the White Sox game. With Fubo TV, they got me covered upstairs, downstairs, and while you're traveling, you can watch local teams as well. So, I mean, you could be downstairs of a place in Wichita, Kansas. They and got it, you covered. And even if you didn't use your phone, you could have just paused that, re- recorded it, exactly, because it got what a thousand hours of a uh, cloud DVR. You're doing the read for me. It's and Herb, guess what? It's included at no extra charge. Uh, and you can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. You could start watching the most Chicago sports for the lowest price because they have Marquee and NBC Sports Chicago included. You could also watch the NBC Finals on ABC. Raul says Nuggets in five. You can watch the NHL draft on ESPN when Redacted gets drafted first by the Blackhawks <laughs> at number one overall. Uh, and, again, mainly you can watch it, the White Sox uh, on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Uh, also want to let you know about our friends over at Goose Island. Herb, what you drinking? Oh, delicious 312 from our ah, friends at Goose ah. Island. Oh, look at the mm. goose honk as well. I think that's got to be my favorite Goose Island beer. It's just a classic. Um, you know, it's uh, as the can says, it's uh, bright. It's lemony. It's uh, a bit refreshing. A bit hazy. A bit, oh, a bit ha- hazy. Uh, it's a lot refreshing. Um, it, it's a classic, classic weed ale. Did you uh, see our guy, uh, Dougie, from the Chicago Sports Bums? Went to the Jewels. Yes. And got some three one two beer brats, which apparently existed. Yeah, me either. And then people (laughs) were like, "Where are those at?" It's like at the jewels. Like I've been to three jewels, I haven't seen them. Go and get you some three one two beer brats. He said it was on flame. Nervous, nervous, because I feel like now I'm going to go to the jewel and I'm going to get my hopes up for dinner, and then there won't be any three one two, and then I'll cry. 
Gotta go. Gotta go when they're when they're available. Go in the morning. Dougie's gonna make me cry. All right. Uh, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988, and their beer roster includes the 312 Wheat Ale, the Goose IPA, the Tropical Beer Hug, uh, the uh, Hazy IPA as well. The tro- uh, no, that's, it's just the Hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and the Full Pocket Pills as well, which you uh, started the day off with. I did. Uh, it started the, the game off with. And then you switched to a 3 one and the White Sox started winning. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, – that. I mean, they're both winners. But they are. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, grab an ultra-fresh brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. I understand why in radio we recorded all of our ad breaks. Because no. if we all did them live, it would be 20 minutes of ad breaks and people just making jokes and trying to be funny and then uh, just probably doing improper reads. No, <laughs> ad breaks are, these ad breaks live are the best thing about our show. I love them. I I, I hope so. Uh, Schwo saying on the L counted four people watching CHGO postgame. God bless you all. I hope you take a photo with all of them and then send that to me uh, because it's probably, it's likely true. Hey, if um, you're on the L right now watching us, please comment in the uh, section. Say, hey, I'm on the red line. Right now on the, I don't know, if at the Roosevelt stop. Yeah, if you are on the purple line too, um, comment as well because you're not. It doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. It's a tax write-off, folks. doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, okay, oh, you updated the social graphic too, Stephen. Look at you. That's a, that's a, that's a great photo. It's of a Jake much better Burger picture, smiling. right? Uh, that's, that's, that's exciting. I love that. Um, all right, can I edit that tweet? And let's, let's talk about uh, Jake Berger here. Um, yeah. Just because, again, like how could you take this guy out of the lineup? And the question is... Then, like, does Yohan Moncada stay in the lineup? Because we just talked about Yasmani Grandal being injured, and Yohan Moncada seems pretty banged up still. He doesn't seem extremely healthy and on it. Um, like, wh- what do they do with the players that cost, you know, 72 and $75 million, respectively, in Moncada and Grandal? Because they are important to this core, but also Jake Berger might just be better. And at this point, like, screw the core. Let's win baseball games. Like, that's, I think, what's most important. Yeah, I mean, they're going on the road right now, so it's not pertinent to have him in the lineup on the road because he's a different player on the road, which is weird. I don't know why, but he is a different player on the road than he is at home. So I was furious when I saw the lineup on Friday and Saturday with no Jake Berger in the lineup. I'm like, these are home games where he murders at the crib. So put him in the lineup, Pedro, you jerk. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, every home game he should be starting. That should be... Non-negotiable, not taking out, and I got you, Chuck. I hear people say this trade Moncada thing. It's not going to happen. He's due a lot of money, and if you think he's bad, guess what everybody else does? They think he's bad, too, with a lot of money attached to his name. You're not going to get anything back from him, but Jake Berger has to be in the lineup, and the lineup that he has to be in is that designated hitter. If you're going to play Aloy out in right field, which I disagree with, but that's too. where you want him to be played. You saw how he played today. I think he misjudged that uh, double uh, late in the game um, because he's not a good right fielder. So, um, But if you're going to play him, play him in right, and then Jake Berger has to be designated hitter. I don't care about handedness. Jake Berger's better than Gavin Sheets. He should be getting those at-bats over Gavin Sheets if it's a, it's a toss-up. On the road, play Gavin Sheets all you want at the designated hitter. But at home, if it's between Gavin Sheets and Jake Berger, I don't care if a right-hander or a left-hander's on the bump, that's Jake Berger's spot. You have to put him in the game because he all he does is hit at that damn ballpark. And to not do it is to, you know, 
cut your nose to spite your face. It's a dumbass move, and I can't believe Pedro has done this multiple times already as if this man hasn't shown you time and time and time and time and time again that he rakes at home and you need runs. We saw they scored three runs on Friday. Wasn't a lot. They scored two runs on Saturday via the wild pitch. Nobody drove any runs in. And then today you got six runs, four of them, four driven in by Jake Berger. So what's the holdup? Stop having other people in the game. You should make a lineup and say, this is that game's at guaranteed rate. When you go through the lineup before anybody else gets placed in their spot, Jake Berger's in that lineup because he's proven time and time again that he is a champion at home. So you have to play him there. On the road, whether they go to the boogie down in New York, play, play him one of those three games. You know, have him ready for a pitch hitting uh, role. If Yoan needs a needs a break, put him in put him at third base. If Andrew Vaughn needs a break at first, put him at first base. But other than that, I don't necessarily see him being in that lineup every day for the New York series because I think other players are much better for him than him on the road. I don't know what you feel about well, him playing every day, ooh, either yes. home or away. Yes. Yes. Every day? Yes. No matter where? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And where? Uh, anywhere. Uh, second base. Uh, I get that he has Second a, base? Yeah. Roaming. Jake Berger's better. He uh, is so better. So I'm going to read you a stat here. But he's better. I know, but I know Roaming's I get a annoying. better second baseman. I, well, I, I, know, I know. I know. I'm going to read you an important stat. And at least for Yankee Stadium, I think this is, this is important. Um, it's the number 12. Okay. And I know I get annoying with home run numbers, especially with that guy Conforto. You don't get annoying. Uh, but uh, uh, he has hit 12 home runs. Do you know how many other players have hit 12 home runs on the team? This uh, is an one. important number. Yeah, that's an important one. So he does something very uh, unique, uh, kind of, to the White Sox. Uh, unique would probably mean that one person does this. Uh, two people, I guess, have done this. Um, he hits the hell out of the baseball. Correct. Let me tell you about a guy who they're going to see in the So he's hit 12 home runs. How many at home? I still think that let me just tell you, let's just 11. I, yes, 11. But like if they are bringing the eye pitch on the road and I think that's only been there for one series, that could change. What he does and I don't think that this is he he does this so consistently at this point in 2023 that I you can't overlook it. Minimum 500 p- pitches and I you were going to get me started on Benatendi about barrels and this is where I was going to go with this and this is why I went back to Burger. Okay. Minimum 500 p- pitches seen and the pitch percent of, or basically their barrel percentage on just pitches that they've seen. Uh, number one in baseball, Aaron Judge, 3.9%. He's decent. Uh, number two, Jake Berger. Holy hell. 3.6%. I, I thought you were going to keep on going. Uh, no. Uh, he now, I think that had to be a barrel, uh, 20 barrels in less than 550 pitches seen. I get that he strikes out a lot, but he, like it's the... Tr- the three true outcomes and he doesn't really walk that much. So it's kind of just like 50, 50, he either walks or strikes out. He might strike out nine times against the Yankees. He, then he might hit one ball, like 118 miles per hour. And it will definitely leave that little league ballpark (laughs) of Yankee stadium. So yes, Jake Berger should start more because then we get to share more clips of Vinny Duber interviewing him. Hi Vinny. Hey guys. What's up? Whoa. Nothing much. We're talking to Vinny Duber now, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Also, quick shout-out to Jared Willis. Obviously, you're not Jared, uh, but you can follow Jared on Twitter, at Willis, uh, Wise instead of Eyes on Twitter. Uh, he wrote two columns up at All CHGO, and that's where you can check out Jared and Vinny's coverage of uh, the Chicago White Sox over at allchgo.com. Uh, Vinny, 
Very exciting game. We just started talking about Jake Berger, and he did it again. You won Click to Pick. Uh, it's the worst segment in our show. We consistently <laughs> forget about it. Most of the time, they lose the baseball game, so why talk about them doing anything good? But, hey, Jake Berger did, did the big thing. He made fireworks, and his wife is going to be happy. Very true. He looked very happy himself after that one. Uh, uh, we got to talk to him after the game, obviously, and uh, he was ecstatic. So uh, no surprise there. But listen, when Jake Berger plays in this ballpark, there's a very good chance that the ball is going to leave this ballpark. Uh, that's usually what happens when when he gets in the lineup. So, uh, you know, road burger and home burger, obviously, those are two very different uh, sets of results at the moment. But when when he's on the south side and he's swinging it, uh, thing, good things usually happen. And today they happen in a very clutch moment, uh, given the White Sox a walk off win. Discussion that you were just joining was the, the home and road uh, splits about burger. Um, and, you know, you brought it up in your interview with him. Um, and, you know, he just mentioned he, he likes the fans, you know, he likes fireworks, and that's how he got in the conversation about, you know, his wife saying, uh, you know, it's, it's a failure if he doesn't make fireworks, uh, <laughs> which is a great quote. Um, but y- you have to keep playing them, right? Like, at some point, those splits are just laughable. Like, he hits the ball very, very hard. So they should put the guy that hits the ball very, very hard in the lineup, no matter if they're in Chicago, New York, L.A. Like, I, I would like to see more Jake Berger. Uh, is that the the future, no matter if they're at guaranteed rate field or not? I knew. I knew you White Sox fans would find a way to complain after a walk-off grand slam. But uh... <laughs> I, I want more. I'm, I'm cheering him on. Uh, listen, I think we're going to keep seeing what we've been seeing from Pedro. Um, you know, he's this is a this is a uh, a, a new world now that this team is com- quote unquote completely healthy, that he's got kind of more guys than he's got spots for, uh, you know, in terms uh, certainly in certain in certain positions. And, and Berger fits into that. Gavin Sheets fits into that. Now you've got Romy Gonzalez fitting into that a little bit, too. Um, I think we're going to keep seeing Pedro manage the way he's been managing, though. I don't think anything will change on that front. And if you don't see Jake Berger in the lineup one day, I don't think it's because he's, you know, out to make you mad. I think it's uh, that uh, uh, he thinks that the matchups favor whatever lineup that he puts out there. So um, it's something that he obviously thinks about quite a bit. You know, he talks about um, – how he wants to put, you know, to put the best lineup to win that game out on the field every day. And, um, you know, you can agree or disagree. You might line them up differently. Uh, if you either won a manager for a day contest or were, uh, you know, playing as these white Sox uh, in the, in the video game or something like that. But the way Pedro is going to do it is, is certainly based on matchups and based on who he thinks is going to give them the best shot that day. And today, of course, we had that, Great outing by Michael Kopech. Seven innings pitch, nine strikeouts, only one walk. What is it about him going against these Motor City Kitties that he just enjoys? Because as Sean said earlier, he was like 0 for 30. The Tigers are 0 for 30 until that uh, Kill Badu bunt and then subsequent home run by Torkelson. But what do you have to say about his outing and what worked for him today? Because it looked like the electric stuff was back for Michael Kopech. Yeah, this was far more reminiscent of uh, uh, the – two games prior to his start against the Angels earlier on this homestand. Um, obviously not the same shutout-style uh, numbers at the end there, but again, nine strikeouts today. Uh, didn't give up really much of anything. Just happened so happened that one of the balls went over the wall. So, um, yeah, it was it was looking like uh, that Kopech of old and – or of recent, I should say, and, uh, and, and looking like a guy who can do this for the White Sox on a pretty consistent basis, and I think that's going to be what they're looking for. Um. 
Can you not hear? Oh, people he's now loud noises. I think he's. We're playing um, charades with Vinnie Duper. Um, he's gonna have to move. Um, <laughs> it was very fun watching Michael Kopech, uh, and it's, it's. Good to see that the rotations in like all right health. Like I don't want to take Clevenger's first start coming back from the IL too he was, seriously. He was decent. He was um, decent as hell. Did the Tigers look decent on all the series? No. That's 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 just the point I was making. No. I understand. What he went uh, five innings. But I think so. Like I'm, I know I'm like it, it, a little bit of length there. Like I'm, I'm not trying to say it's all. Yeah. You know, but like it's gonna be interesting to see him against the Yankees. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> see that at all. Um, but I think. It was the White Sox pitching that did it to the Tigers. Sometimes pitchers step up, and I, w- I didn't see anything leaking over the middle. Pitches that were middle-middle like we saw versus uh, the Angels, and they just crushed them. These guys uh, and the starting staff and the bullpen did the job this week, and so you got to applaud them. I mean, the weekend in Detroit was a little bit, bit different, but, I, you know, you already know my feelings about Clevenger. He he pitched well on Friday. Saturday, got a good outing again. And then we have another great outing by uh, Michael Kopech. So this is what's going to carry this team. As we saw this weekend, they didn't score a lot of runs. The starters in the bullpen had them covered. So, You good? Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, let's go to the bullpen, though, because as Herb said, not only was the starting pitching brilliant, but uh, Liam Hendricks was fantastic in that ninth, getting the win. Uh, Jake Berger said uh, on NBC Sports Chicago that it was just great to get him that win. It's an awesome moment. Um, but did Liam talk post game about how he felt after today? Because this looked like the best uh, eye test if we're, if we're able to scout. You know, we watch baseball enough, I think, to just say he looks better than he did last game. Um, <laughs> it, it looked better today. He, he looked just healthier. The pitches looked cleaner. Um, I don't know if he talked about that post game. Yeah, he says it's getting better. And, and certainly, you're right. It, he looked like that guy that he, he has always been or that he's been the last several years uh, out there today. And particularly for me, that means, you know, the jumping around and screaming and fist pumping and swearing. I mean, when you're getting that from Liam Hendricks in a one, two, three inning, I mean, that's basically all you can ask for. He pitched the ninth inning today, the first back to back since coming or since being activated. Um, he says he's feeling better. He's getting stronger and he's getting closer to the guy that he wants to be. Obviously he's chasing perfection. And so who knows if he'll ever be at that point, you know, even if he gets back to kind of the physical feeling that he was the last few years uh, before uh, obviously what he went through this off season. Uh, but yeah, he, he's looking better and back and uh, it, they're, they're going to try to probably get him back to that closers role pretty soon. Maybe this was that today almost that uh, he was, he was talking, he, he came out in the ninth inning. Yeah, it was a tie game, but he threw in that more familiar spot for him after pitching in the eighth on Monday and then in the seventh inning yesterday. So, um, Listen, he's he's been uh, he's been really good uh, the last two days, obviously. But he's looking like that guy that they they need him to be, but that obviously they want him to be more than anything. Uh, whether you saw it or not, this was National Cancer Survivors Day, and this is when he picks up that first win since coming back. So he called it like a scripted moment kind of thing that that this could be that this was the day that he uh, was able to to pick up a win uh, after a very good performance from him. Uh, and also. He got his 200th career strikeout with the White Sox. Shout out to Chris Kampka uh, for this uh, tweet. Um, and then I was like, well, that's interesting. Uh, and also 200 strikeouts to 24 walks. And I think he got another one, right? That works. So I think he's got he's at 201 now. Uh, so shout out to Liam Hendricks for that. Then I was like, oh, we could define this a little bit more. So let's play a little game. Liam Hendricks is now the eighth player in White Sox history to have 75 saves 
and 200 strikeouts in their career. Can you name the seven other players? Roberto Hernandez. Correct. Bobby Jinks. Correct. Uh, Bobby Thickpin. Correct. Uh, Sergio Santos wasn't around enough. Um, Sergio Santos is definitely not on this list. <sighs> Addison uh, Reed. No. Ooh, so close. There's an era guy. That era. There's a one oh, guy kind of um, in that era. The 83. Uh, Hoyt, Hoyt Wilhelm. Hoyt Wilhelm. Yeah. Uh, he was age 40 to 45 Shingo? when he did it. Huh? Shingo, Shingo Takatsu? No. There's uh. a guy in that era, but a little a little prior. And there's a guy in the Addison Reed era. And then there's a guy. In not Addison Reed. Then. Not, uh, before we were all born. No, not Addison Reed. Okay. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the era you're talking about, like the 2000 to 2005 era, who was closing games out for the White Sox. Keith Folk. Keith Folk. You got it. And then one more that you guys can definitely get. And that what what year? Uh, what Addison year? Reed era. I'm not going to give the years away unless so, unless you guys get it. Addison Reed was traded for Matt Davidson, so that's around 2013, 14. Uh, you could expand it a little bit more. 2016, 17? Around that area. It's not Billy Koch. He, he wasn't that you, good. You're, you're Taft? I think a I'm free t- agent signing? I mean, he, he's, he's, I think he's still in the league. Holy hell. When you say it, I'm going to be so pissed. I'm surprised this is the guy you guys haven't gotten. Steven, anything? He's the big guy the with, with, with Samarja and Melky. Who'd they sign yeah. that year? Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Oh, David Robertson. David Robertson. David Robertson. Yeah, you yes. got it. All I right, forgot. Cool. I blanked out of those years. Ugh. Good job. The only guy you didn't get, Terry Forster, which if you couldn't get David I would Robertson. Never, I would have never got that. active. I don't know who Terry Forster Terry is. Forster. Uh, but shout out to Terry and shout out to Liam uh, for joining that. Uh, 19 years old, Terry Forster, when he started that. I know, right? Young as hell. Oh, uh, very young. And he started... Um, 33 games. Uh, Roberto Hernandez started three games. Hoyt Wilhelm started three games. And then Terry Forster started 33 games. Uh, so, I mean, kind of like Liam. Liam started off his career as a starter and then moved to a, a, a closer. I don't know much about Terry Forster, but I'll make that assumption. Um, anyways, uh, very good to see him back, though. And the, the bullpen just looks more reliable. I mean, we just had that off-day show um, What about two or Thursday. three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we had that one, too. Uh, but two or three weeks ago where we talked about what position group has you worried the most and right now at this point I have faith in a lot of those guys in the bullpen I mean you know Joe Kelly looked good uh Kendall Graveman I don't know if he still has that streak but um I don't know if Pedro's talked about the position that the bullpen's been able to to put him in because again you win a sweep the bullpen has to be great yeah he we talked about it a few times before and after today's game just saying how you know their efficiency their reliability basically has made his job a lot easier. And then obviously you throw Liam Hendricks into that mix and it's, you know, one more inning that you don't have to worry about. So, um, they've been really, really good, turned things around from, from being really, really bad that first month of the season. Um, and I was talking today, I talked to both Kendall Graveman and Reynaldo Lopez before the game. Pedro's kind of played a part in that, in kind of telling these guys, reminding these guys how good they are and how good they've been. Um, and they've said that that's helped them. I mean, you guys maybe might see it as kind of just regular old coach speak or regular old coach trying to motivate his guys, but from the guys – that has helped big time, and uh, particularly it helped Reynaldo, um, and, and Kendall said that it's helped a lot of the guys too. So um, it, it, it's, it, he, the manager has played a role in getting this bullpen turned around a little bit as well, and uh, I, I think that the performance obviously has looked a lot more like what folks expected from a veteran-laden group like this, um, you know, plus the 
the kind of coming out parties for Keenan Middleton and, and Gregory Santos. You throw that all together and you've got a really deep bullpen. And now Liam Hendricks is obviously um, looking to return to the point of being the anchor of that group. And uh, I was wondering, we were talking earlier in the show about that ninth inning and all the substitutions that Pedro did there. <laughs> I actually love it. But did anybody, either Pedro, Jake, or anybody talk about what if it didn't work? Like if Jake didn't hit the home run and they get out in the ninth inning? We've been going through the lineups like, yee, that defense would have been tough. Did they talk about that? Or did Pedro's like, hey, I was just trying to win. I don't care about the 10th until the 10th got there. Uh, Pedro said that Berger was going to be moved off DH to second base. So they were going to lose the lose the DH um, from there on out if, that, if they went to the 10th. Oh, boy. So then – I just have a question. The bench was empty, right? So who would have been on second base in the 10th inning? doesn't matter because Jake Berger hit a grand slam. Well, Berger. If Berger was the no, last No, 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 no. But if they went to the bottom of the second. Oh, he would be at he would he be, be at second? At second the, like yeah. playing the position okay, of second. So then Gavin Sheets. He would have been at second where base. The would yeah, be? Right. No, okay. there would be no DH. Right, but the pitcher would be where Gavin Sheets batted. Correct. Okay, my yeah. misunderstanding. Okay, okay. Uh, cool. Um, all right, let's take a break because that positioning is interesting because then Jake Berger would be at second base and then Aloy Jimenez, uh, who has just returned off the IL uh, with his aptendectomy, has just played six of the last seven games in right field. So Jake Berger at second base and Aloy Jimenez in right field. What a defensive I s- positioning. Hey, I would love to see that again. We I, love, I love the man just going for the win when the win's in front of you and worry about when the bad stuff, when the bad stuff comes to, comes to fruition. <laughs> I think... N- and I know we got to go to break. I think it's a good thing that your manager's playing to win when the win's in front of you and deal with the, all the negativity of, why did you play Jake Berger at second? He made that air, blah, 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 when it comes up. And so I like it. It's a little unorthodox, but, hell, this team is 26 and 35. Unorthodox has to be happening with this team. Again, I'm not complaining. I got you. you they just swept. All, good vibes, baby. Let's go. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then let's talk about um, – uh, a lawyer in right field. Um, want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO. Um, as you can see on the set, not only do we have uh, the 33 and the third book about Tusk, uh, and the White Sox are 3-0 since I put that on the set, uh, just to let everybody know. And, Steven, if it gets moved, I'm going to scream. I'm going to throw a fit. All right, I won't okay. even touch it. Every Anybody. show, Cubs show, no, even, it's going to be out there. That needs to be on the table for every show. Got it. I know the, the Bears are the moneymaker, but if the White Sox are good, oh, baby. Somebody um, just gave you a thumbs down for that. Boo. Um, <laughs> but shout out to FOCO. FOCO's a thumbs up. Uh, they have great bobbleheads over uh, at FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com. Uh, they have that Southpaw one. They have the TA one. Uh, they have a Luis Robert one in the Southside jersey as well. Uh, so go check out their deep roster of hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, um, and everything in between. That includes uh, Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a baseball game. Uh, and you can get fitted in the best sports gear around over at FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. ComEd is a fantastic, fantastic and cool and chill place. Um, I love them very much. Herb, they're my favorite sponsor. They're my favorite energy company. <laughs> yes, the, that's the, what I was looking for. The ComEd Energy Efficiency. All my sponsors. All the sponsors are my favorite sponsors. This is my favorite energy company of all time. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve helping manage energy usage, and lower energy bills. Now, 
And into the future, Sean. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. As a person that has listened and done this read for a long time, I already know how it works. But, Sean, can you just tell me how it works? If you know, you know. For these people who are listening outside. And if you don't know, an authorized engineer will work (laughs) with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. And these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. And within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on. Five. Oh, sorry. I thought you were just counting. Sorry. Vinny? Immediately. <laughs> Each recommendation will include estimated energy saving costs, savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple paybacks. And if you don't own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Did you just say comed.com slash powering biz? B I Z. Schedule today. Um, all right, let's go to Aloy Jimenez before I start again, being a child, uh, what did Pedro Grafal have to say, if anything, about Aloy Jimenez in right field? Because since he's returned, he's played in, uh, he's uh, played right field in six of the seven games uh, since coming off the aisle. Yeah, I mean, nothing new. I mean, this is kind of what he said was going to happen right before Eloy came back, even that that this was going to be, uh, you know, a thing. He, he said that he wasn't going to play him out there every day, but here it, that kind of has been the case. And I think we could have forecasted that that's the way it was going to work for the most part. Um, I, you know, this is the way that they squeeze all these guys into that lineup is by having Eloy out there and right. It's the easiest way to do that, certainly. And so, um, you know, obviously we saw that play today where he wasn't able to track down that ball hit deep into the corner, but, um, I think for the most part, you you kind of take you kind of take plays like that with everything else going on, and he's certainly made his fair share of the easy plays, the plays he's supposed to make. Right, he's made those plays. You haven't really seen any sort of um, uh, horrible mistakes out there. So uh, it's a it's it's something that you might not prefer if you're a White Sox fan. You might be uh, you know doing that thing where you cringe every time a ball's hit to right field. But um, it's the it's the way for them right now to get their best lineup on the field. I think. Uh, and I want to depart from Aloy for a second, but today, and I got to bring up some negativity today. A uh, pitcher with almost a six ERA and Matthew Boyd was flummoxing the White Sox. He got a season-high nine strikeouts versus the White Sox. Is there anything that the players, the batters, or uh, Pedro himself said what was working for uh, Boyd? Because I didn't see anything spectacular, 92-mile-per-hour fastball, a changeup to go with it. But what did they have to say about how he was pitching and why they struggled so much against it? Yeah, I mean, they were sticking to the positives mostly after a win and not necessarily going down and breaking breaking down where they screwed up here. But what I will say is – you saw today in today's game kind of the, uh, the I don't want to say Jekyll and Hyde, but the, you know, how good this White Sox offense can be and how bad it can be at the in the same game, I think. Before the game, Pedro was talking about how this team is still not disciplined enough. They're not, they don't, they're chasing too much far more than they would like to, than they would like to see them do that, the, the coaching staff. Um and, and it's not there yet. It's not everybody's clicking. Guys are not have not gotten hot yet, even though the wins have come a little bit more regularly the last month or so than they did for the first month of the season. Um, and then you went out and you saw an undisciplined lineup strike out, a, what, 13, 14 times in the first, you know, eight innings or whatever until the ninth inning rolls around 
And what is it that sets up the game-winning play but those walks from a pinch-hitting Yohan Moncada and Tim Anderson at the top of the order? Tim Anderson, a guy you wouldn't really expect to be walking at all. Moncada, that's, a, that's something he's supposed to have in his skill set but hasn't shown it maybe as much as he w- you know, would like to. Um, and then Jake Berger, with that, hits a game-winning grand slam. So, I mean, the it, this team can can do these things. It's just a matter of doing them with some consistency, doing them on a regular basis. They are going to have days like they had today where they get carved up by the Matthew Boyds of the world, and that's very frustrating for, for the people who are watching and, and for uh, the White Sox themselves because look at this lineup. It should be bashing a guy like Matthew Boyd, right? But that's going to happen until they have they they see the fruits of their labor on pitch selection and plate discipline really pay off. It hasn't paid off yet. Pedro talks about all the work that they're doing, and I believe that they're doing that work, but it's a matter of that work paying off. And then in the ninth inning, just a couple at-bats is all you really need. Pedro even shouted out Gavin Sheets' at-bat, which ended in a strikeout, but as being a good at-bat and, and working the pitch count of a guy, by the way, who just was the named the AL relief pitcher of the month. So you're, you're, you're sitting there on one hand, and you're like, how is this lineup not handling this guy with the 6 ERA out there? And then on the other hand, it's, wow, how did this lineup just, uh, you know, knock or, or not knock around, but get a lot of guys on base and then end up with a, a four spot on a guy who was just the best relief pitcher in the American League last month. So um, maybe Jekyll and Hyde is a good term. Maybe, uh, you know, that the highs and lows are, are, are a better way to phrase it. But this offense is not uh, certainly clicking the way that anyone expected it to. And yet it's still showing that it has that potential, whether that potential is going to uh, come to the surface enough for them to dig out of this hole, we'll find out. I think part of the ninth inning was mainly just experience with Lang. They saw him on the 28th, they saw him on the 3rd, and I saw both times on Twitter. I know we all we all complete be a hellscape, folks, uh, but I saw the same graphic each time after Alex Lang finished his inning uh, where he struck out two White Sox each time, and it was all of the curveballs that were out of the zone that the White Sox swung at. They didn't do that today, and that's why Tim Anderson was walking. That's why that's going to work. That's the work, right? That's the work they're talking about. And so maybe it takes, you know, maybe they need to get hit in the head a hundred times, not literally, but you know, hit over the head with that fact a hundred times before it comes around. But hey, it finally worked. The work paid off. It's just now in September when that dicky wearing freak comes back. uh, You know, uh, are they able to keep that work? consistent uh, you know like because it's going to be a long time until they see Detroit and, and Lang has proven to be a very difficult pitcher for them to size up so uh oh we got two two uh, two dislikes I mean that's it's your thing I'm just stealing your thing because you're talking um, about the I'm, talking mean, about the dicky man you, you talk people, me about it hey the Twitter and YouTube people love the dicky sky point to the dicky um but yeah uh it, it's it, he's a he's a really difficult guy to go up against so I mean come September if they go back up against Alec Lang I won't be too surprised if they're swinging and missing at every curveball just because, uh, you know, that work might not be super fresh in the mind, but hopefully they can continue to build. Uh, but that's just kind of the point that we kept talking about and talking about. They're going to go up against the Yankees. Uh, we have an off day show tomorrow. And Vinny, I know you weren't there yesterday, but the nature of yesterday's game where all the runs score on a wild pitch, three runs, it's the first time in the history of baseball that that happens where no, no other runs are scored via the run scoring RBIs or something like, something like that. But pregame, did the players still talk about what was going on and Pedro talk about what was going on and how, how improbable that game was and how bad offensively they were and still got the dub against the Tigers yesterday? 
Yeah, I think uh, the guys who are in the middle of that maybe don't want to focus on that as much as we might like to because it's very entertaining for us, but it kind of speaks to some futility for them maybe a little bit. So uh, maybe that's not their favorite topic. Pedro was asked about it again pregame and decided to uh, turn his focus elsewhere saying, you know, look at some of the little things that allowed that to happen. Obviously they had the bases loaded. That's a good thing. And obviously um, Yoan Moncada uh, stays at third base on the ground ball to the, to the pulled in infield. Uh, That's what Pedro uh, decided to talk about today saying that normally the White Sox like to, to do the run on contact play, but um, for whatever reason, they had it in their head that, Hey, Pay attention. Make sure you make sure you're not running on contact. Make sure you uh, evaluate the the ball that is hit, and that's exactly what Yoan Moncada did. So that could have very easily been a base running snafu there by the White Sox, uh, but instead they just stayed put and uh, was able to turn it into a win when the wild pitch came uh, shortly thereafter. They did that early in the game with Andrew Benintendi going home on the contact play, which I never understood the contact play, especially that ball was hit like right to the pitcher when Andrew Benintendi went home and he was out pretty easily. But that's smart. They learn from their mistakes on Saturday, learn from their mistakes on Sunday. Look at this, the White Sox just got to mess up first and then they learn it. That's good. I I mean, and you know, you talk about getting hit in the mouth a hundred times. I just feel like that's going to be the Yankees series coming up. Hey, man. You know, I understand they don't all those have the mistakes, great but again, it's like, we got to sweep against the Tigers. Got to sweep against the Royals. Clark Schmidt. They were um, also really awful in April when they were facing a ton of AL Central teams. Severino and maybe, maybe Garrett Cole. It's yeah, some dubs. TBD right now. Yeah. Why, why are you assuming Cole? What have you seen? I don't know. Somebody said that Hell Cole yeah. might be pitching on Wednesday, but it is TBD. Pitched on the third last, so that would be a quick That was Saturday, the, yeah. Their ace Saturday to Wednesday. He's listed, yeah. He's listed a pitch on Friday for them, according mm. to ESPN. So, Oof, they think they can get an easy dub versus yeah. the White Sox. How insulting! They should take that to heart when they go to the boogie down. We'll see. We'll update you tomorrow on our off day show. Uh, Vinny, any other things that we might have missed from today? I guess the, the, the rather last thing I wanted to bring up with Aloy, um, we didn't see um, anything too awful. I know you mentioned the the ball that ended up turning into a ground rule double. Um, probably wouldn't have been a double anyways just because it was yeah. a, a, a ball for him difficult to field. Um, but he does look still tentative out there. I mean, there was the play that he ended up making that was near the wall, and it was just like, oh, is he going to try to jump? Is he going to try to, you know, make a play at the wall? And he was like, it kind of felt like he wasn't sure um, and and really confident that like, oh, hey, you know, I know that this ball is going to die short of the warning track. Um, It's still holding my breath anytime a ball's been hit over there, but nothing awful has happened yet. And as long as he's able to do that, um, hey, uh, we'll we'll take it. Um, One homer since coming off the IL, but I feel like more are coming. Uh, So, you know, it does provide them their best box In Yankee Stadium, he can crush a couple home runs in his band box. Hopefully. And he he went to the net and didn't stay in the net this time. It was all good. He's learning. Didn't commit to the net. Uh, it didn't commit to the wall. So, hey, you know, we're, we are learning. Uh, anyways, uh, any final notes or are we good? Mostly fine. I will say on the uh, outfield defense uh, topic, boy, Luis Robert Jr. Is just oh, yeah. keeps making plays, doesn't he? Correct. I mean, the guy – the guy is uh, playing some fantastic defense in center field this year after last year when it was noticeably different. Uh, so for him to uh, be back on that kind of gold glove track uh, is a big, big deal for the White Sox. Saved the game at one point today, by the way. Also, I believe that was the eighth inning uh, when when Joe Kelly was in there. So uh, 
Luis Robert Jr. You can say whatever you want about Aloy in right field that will continue to be a talking point, obviously, but he's got probably the best help that he could have out there in center field as long as he doesn't, you know, run in front of him and almost injure him like he did in Toronto. Absolutely. Luis, like the other day, he didn't make a catch. He dove for, kind of like did a foot first dive for, but he was in like left center field and he ran, I don't know how far, and he almost caught that ball. It was either Friday or Saturday. So he's even playing defense well on the balls he's not catching because that range he has is just out of out of pocket. He's back to 2020 uh, Luis Robert type of defense, and it's good to see because sometimes the bat's not working. The defense has always been working this year. He's surpassed. We're at the 61 game mark. He's already passed it up. Well, he's just, he's played so much. I oh, mean, yeah. that's that's the real thing. Is Luis Robert has been healthy? Uh, you look at the uh, early fielding Bible awards watch from uh, Sports Info Solutions Baseball uh, for defensive run saves. Uh, the leader right now is Kevin Kiermaier. He won in twenty twenty. Guess what? That didn't mean anything because Luis Robert won the award. Uh, who is right behind him is Luis Robert Jr. And uh, now with that play, uh, probably bringing him up higher in this list. Uh, I think he's around probably 10. Kiermaier's at 11. So wow. uh, we should see. Already 10, uh, defense, 10 defensive runs saved already? Yes, sir. Jesus Christ. He's good. That's why Vinny brought it up. I know, but I didn't think it was that damn good. God damn. Um, the one thing I was going to bring up, though, is they should pad that wall more. I feel like, you know, maybe it would deaden some balls off the wall, but oh well. I mean, if Luis Robert's going to be running into the walls like that, let's just give him a crash pad out just, there. Just have an advertisement with, like, mattress firm. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> just make the entire... Hit into the mattress firm outfield. No, but wall. make the entire wall. Out of mattresses? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we Perfect. saw Aaron Judge run into the fence. I mean, didn't we learn from Aaron Rowan? Yeah. I mean, not us, I guess. But, I mean, Phillies. That was in Dodger Stadium, so, I mean, I guess. it Was Aaron Rowan a Dodger, right? No, he was a Philly and a Giant. Never was a Dodger. I don't think so, maybe at the end of his career. Maybe I'm just thinking of the other Bay team. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Make sure you join us tomorrow for our off-day show. I think it's a weird time. It's like 5.30. It is 5.30. Odd time. Okay. Herb's openly disgusted. I mean, just... In the middle of the day, easy, it's like it'll be an easier it'll be an easier drive home, Herb. It's yeah, true. you're true. True that. True that. Tougher to get in, no? Maybe I don't know. Maybe <laughs> usually going that going in going in at four thirty is usually not a problem. I'll leave at my house at like 11 a.m. tomorrow and get here at 4. It'll be great. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. We're going to be posting more clips of his interview with Jake Berger. I thought it was very apropos that he said, you know, it's a failure if I don't make fireworks. And here he is hitting walk-off grand slams and stuff. Uh, a lot of people were mad at him, the St. Louis pizza take. But, hey, you hit a grand slam to walk it off, no one can be mad. What did I'm I so tell him? him? I said, I said, you're going to say this. People are going to be mad. And the next time you hit a home run, everybody will forget about it. And I'm sure that's exactly what's happened. I will never forget. Um, <laughs> that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show. And thank you all for hanging out and watching us today i think we're at groot santos likes so make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button uh we would have sorry what are you, what my are phone just turned on twins? scott showing white likes scott showing white likes thank yeah. you for uh, any any contribution for 60 no <laughs> no tyler danish rest in peace no hector santiago tyler danish i believe right who i think he 
He passed, passed away, I think. No. Yeah. All right. He's still with He's us. All right. Thank you. Why'd you kill Tyler? Tyler Sorry, Danish. I didn't kill Tyler Danish. <laughs> there was he was in that bad. He was in that bad car accident, but he did well, not die. Oh, okay. Well, that's still with God. us. Thank you, Tyler. All right. Well, yeah. no, yeah, thank you for being alive. Okay, I didn't know that. All right. Anyways, uh, before we kill any anyone else who's alive, uh, thank you for watching the CHGO White Sox post game show. We will see you tomorrow at five thirty, and make sure you follow us on Twitter at chgo underscore White Sox. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Sox.